Your best life is more rewarding when you become a member of Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. You can earn MyPlus rewards points for everyday purchases and banking activities. You even earn 3,000 MyPlus rewards points when you open your membership with Affinity Plus. MyPlus Rewards offers the potential to rack up major points and even bigger rewards. Use your points on vacation getaways, discounted rates on Affinity Plus car loans, gift cards from popular stores and restaurants, and cash back. Or pay those points forward with charitable donations. You've got a lot of great choices with Affinity Plus and MyPlus Rewards. Stop by the Brainerd Lakes branch in Baxter to learn more about your MyPlus Rewards earning power. Affinity Plus is federally insured by NCUA. Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Our guest today is Crowing County Administrator Tim Houle. Tim, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you, guys. I always enjoy coming back to see you. We love having you. Yes, we do. Great. It's good to find out what's going on in the county and you keep us up to date on things that are happening. And uh, we, of course, uh, know that fall is in the air. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of folks, even in this building, that get so excited because it's hunting season. Hunting season. Yeah, we have two seasons in Minnesota. <laughs> hunting season and... Construction. Construction season. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. All right. Well, uh, to that effect, uh, unless you've lived under a rock, you know that uh, especially deer hunters are concerned about chronic wasting disease. Yes. And it is an issue for our community. We have had one positive test result for chronic wasting disease in a deer, in the wild deer uh, herd. Mm -hmm. It was near a captive deer farm. uh, Mm -hmm. And so our hope is uh, the captive deer farm has now closed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our hope is that we can try to contain the spread of it. Uh, Basically, chronic wasting disease is uh, the same disease as mad cow disease is for uh, bovine. And we know that with mad cow disease, there was transfer of the defective proteins, they call them prions, Mm -hmm. from bovine to humans. And that shows up as Jacob's Creutzfeldt disease. Mm. And so what I can tell you is we don't have any confirmed cases where chronic wasting disease has been passed on to humans. Mm -hmm. um, But I think an abundance of caution is warranted. Uh, We only have one confirmed case, and as we get through the deer hunting season, I think we're going to find out more because everybody who is hunting in, uh, I think it's area 604, which is the chronic wasting disease management zone, all the deer that are harvested within that zone need to be tested for chronic wasting disease. And then what do you do with, you know, after you uh, debone it, you take the meat off of the deer, what do you do with the carcass? Mm-hmm. That prion is a defective protein, and it can live in the soil for years and years and years, oh, waiting for the next deer to come along. And if they eat the grass there or, you know, if there's some salt in the soil that they are licking up, they can ingest those proteins, and that's how it's going to spread. Oh, wow. So uh, we've got all of our well-meaning mm-hmm. and thoughtful neighbors out there who are trying to do what they believe to be the right thing in feeding deer over mm. the course of the winter to try to, you know, help them. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's a big heart. Mm-hmm. What you may not realize, however, is now that this is present in our community, you may be accelerating the spread of chronic wasting disease yeah. when you encourage the deer to herd together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they all put their noses and tongues and everything in the same feed pile, that's how it spreads. One infected deer yeah. in that congregation mm-hmm. can spread it to all of yeah. those deer. Yeah. 
Um, and so we're trying to have a containment strategy. What we're asking the public to do, there's a couple of things that we can do. One, we want to encourage people to keep hunting. We're not yeah. talking about don't go hunting anymore. Right. Um, what would happen to the deer population and how that herd would be managed uh, would be much worse if we don't harvest regularly. Mm -hmm. So right. we want folks to keep hunting. Get your deer checked. You can check with the Minnesota DNR for steps on how to do that. They've got a website, dnr.state.mn.us. Um, they have a lot of good resources on their website. Mm -hmm. We've also uploaded links and a lot of good resources on our website, crowwing.us. So you could check that out there. Uh, and then what we're asking, what Crow Wing County is asking the public to do is uh, bring your deer carcass to the landfill. We yeah. have developed a containment strategy there to burn uh, the carcasses, which is one of the only known ways to kill Kick the prion. Okay. Uh, and so uh, we're encouraging everybody, bring your carcass to the landfill, whatever's left over. Okay. Uh, and we will dispose of it in an environmentally responsible way that we believe will help to contain the spread. Okay. To the degree that that does not occur and people throw the carcass onto the landscape, if it is positive, um, then you are spreading chronic wasting disease. And we'd rather you don't. Right. Um, it's very hard to contain this. This yeah. will be an uphill struggle. Now, is, are you asking of this of the people who lived in that zone, in that area, or is are you talking anybody? You know, most of Crow Wing County is, is included in, in yeah. that zone. Okay. And so, you know, those who are deer hunters in this vicinity, mm -hmm. they need to check it. But I'm pretty sure it's uh, zone 604. Yeah. Okay. And it just might be prudent for everyone. Go mm -hmm. ahead and do that just to be sure. It is. And, you know, people ask, well, then what should I do with the meat? Well, if you've gotten it tested and you get a negative test result, it's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you have it tested and it's a positive test result, we would suggest that that's not edible anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we do ask that people take, I think, reasonable precautions. Things like, you know, what are you doing when you are dressing the deer? Uh, you know, I'm 57 mm -hmm. years old and I've been a deer hunter in my past life. Uh, and I so I understand field dressing um, mm -hmm. and I understand that probably for a lot of listeners, the thought of putting on a latex glove to do field dressing seems a lot. Yeah, mm -hmm. I get it. And do you want to risk it? Yeah. Is it worth the risk or is it worth a 50 cent pair of, of latex gloves? gloves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to encourage um, be on the safe side here. Yeah. Um, we're going to encourage abundance of caution. And I know there was testing even in this area last year, and uh, I did see a story on this, and the testing procedure has been uh, made a little simpler and easier this year. So uh, just hunters can be aware of that, too. But getting it tested is really, really important. There will also be dumpsters that the DNR has mm -hmm. around the county for disposal of carcasses, so oh, you can you check go. their website. Okay. Um, okay. But you can bring it to the landfill free of charge and have the peace of mind of knowing that you are doing what you can do to prevent the spread of chronic wasting disease in our community mm -hmm. uh, among our deer population. It's a big deal for us. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. is. Absolutely. All right. Uh, as we head into the fourth quarter, Tim, I'm sure the county board is busy working on the budget. What do we know so far? Dun, dun, uh. <laughs> That's the other season of the year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Budgeting for public agencies. Uh, we have set the preliminary levy, and it is at 6.95% increase, which frankly is more than I would like to see it. Um, but we are continuing to feel the impacts of increasing meth use in our community. Mm -hmm. To give you some kind of an idea, 
back in 2016, meth surpassed alcohol as the number one reason why we're sending people to treatment in Crow Wing County. Wow. And that trend has continued, and the separation between them continues to grow. In other words, more and more of it is shifting to meth. And um, I I just, it just shocks me when you think about it, um, because in our community, alcohol is not that difficult to come by. Yeah. Right. It, it's not that difficult. <laughs> Seven days a week. Yep. Right. Uh, and so to think that meth surpasses alcohol back in 2016 and ever since, mm-hmm. that ought to shock everybody. And it's not just about treatment costs, the number of drug cases that are handled by the county attorney's office, the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's impacts in community services. We also see it in our out-of-home placement budget, uh, children that we oh, need yeah. to remove from the home because of abuse or neglect. If meth is in the home, the likelihood that we're going to have to remove the child grows exponentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those out-of-home placement costs, which are completely local cost, there is no federal or state funds available to help us with children that we remove us remove from homes. And, of course, we would do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Even if there is no revenues, we're yeah. still going to do it because it's the right thing to do yeah. for our children in our community to Amen. save them from abuse and neglect. Yeah. So to give you an idea of where those priorities are in the 2020 budget, about 32% of our expenditures will be in community services, about 21% in highway services, 17% in public safety. You combine those three and that's 70% of where our funding goes. The rest is things like uh, debt service payment, uh, a lot of smaller stuff. Mm -hmm. So what we're really seeing is that those rising rates of meth use continue to drive higher costs to all of us. So when I hear people say, uh, well, you know, I don't care if someone's using meth. That doesn't affect me. Oh, yeah. It does. Well, think again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah. costs all of us. And so we have got to figure out as a community how to get a better, better handle on it. I am encouraged that there are a lot of initiatives that are going on in the community, uh, including this the new Blade movement, Brainerd right. Lakes yeah. area, drug education, that yep. uh, we're going to try to get into the public school systems throughout the county. Uh, we have to try to make a difference here as hard as it will be to move this needle that is what we're trying to do because we have to stem this tide it is still rising it is rising more slowly now than it was a year ago that's encouraging i guess that is encouraging that is encouraging but it's still rising and so we've got to get that thing to flatten out and uh in my ideal world have those rates come down Down, tim are you know um it seems to me that a lot of this comes from Mexico, the meth itself. Mm-hmm. And are we getting help from the federal and state government on trying to stem that tide? Or are we saying that uh, these uh, dealers are just too clever? How, what's going on there? Do you know? You know, this would be like, kind of like hackers. Um, mm-hmm. If you've got a lot of time on your hands, um, you can spend a lot of time finding ways to get around rules or around laws or, or whatnot. And if there was not money to be made, mm-hmm. there would be no drug dealers. Yeah. And so think about it as both a supply and, and a demand. demand. Yep. Um, and you're right, the supply that is primarily coming from Mexico, and I know the federal government and the state government and all local law enforcement agencies are trying to interdict any meth that's coming into any of our communities. Uh, this gives you an idea of just how much, how prevalent that all of those resources are still not preventing it from entering our community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did hear of one instance this past year in which someone was uh, cooking meth in their own home. Um, that is 
unusual now. Mm-hmm. It used to be very you common. You labs everywhere, right? it seemed. But ever since pseudoephedrine was put behind the counter and you got a harder time getting access to it, buying mm-hmm. 12 of them at a time attracts attention. And so cooking meth is not nearly as prevalent. And that's a good thing. That's positive. Right. Um, but However. we are still in, still seeing too much, too much coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We had Chef Goddard in last week and was mm-hmm. talking just about that same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, back at the budget, though, the uh, 6.95%, that can still come down, though, can't it? That is correct. Okay. It can go down from okay. that level. It cannot go, go up from that level anymore uh, for 2020. Okay. And that's December 1st, is that? You know, I, I don't know the date. I think it's about December 23rd oh, okay. when we will adopt the final budget and levy. Gotcha. Um, and so between now and then, we will mail out notices to taxpayers of what's the impact of both the county budget decisions, but also your city or township budget decisions, school district budget decisions, special sure. taxing districts. We send out that notice and we collect the tax for mm-hmm. those other taxing jurisdictions. We don't set the tax for those other taxing jurisdictions. So we use these preliminary budget numbers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to put on the notice to property taxpayers so that they can provide feedback to their city, their township, their school district, or their county. Okay. Very good. Still boggles my mind to think that almost a third of the budget is going to the community services, and in fact, a lot of that driven by the meth problem. So that's where the right the, the rising costs are. What yeah. I would tell you is that the thirty two percent in community services. I know that there's a prevailing notion that a lot of that goes out the door in terms of cash assistance or food assistance or uh, something of the like. Mm-hmm. The lion's share of the expenses that we incur in community services is to keep our elderly in nursing homes. Uh, so okay. I think about my mom and dad. They played by the rules their whole life. They mm-hmm. saved up for a rainy day, mm-hmm. and, and it started drizzling. Yeah. Uh, and they ended up in the nursing home, and they consumed all of their resources. And I don't think in Minnesota we really have any issue yeah. with that circumstance mm-hmm. uh, going on public assistance. My my dad never made it to public assistance, and he was a proud man. I'm sure he was glad about that. <laughs> my mother, um, she made it onto okay. public assistance. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, it's... Uh, that is where the lion's share of our expenses go. Okay. Well, it's good to know. The, the rising rates here are concerning. Yeah. Um, and so that's what's driving additional cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Tim, I know we wrapped up a busy summer, and uh, one, of the, one of the things that I always enjoy about going to the Crow Wing County Fair this past year was seeing the 4-H building and uh, all the, yeah. the wonderful things that those young people are doing. I'm always thrilled to be able to talk about 4-H because uh, county government also deals with like truancy issues or out-of-home placement. And it seems like whenever we're dealing with kids, it's in a negative context. Mm -hmm. So I I love talking about 4-H because it is a way in which county government reaches out to youth in a positive way. And we see the impacts of that. We had 24 4-H members that showed livestock at the state fair. Crow Wing County received first place in overall herdsmanship. Wow. That's great, right? Uh, 34 Crow Wing County 4-H members showed general exhibits at the state fair. 14 members showed at the state horse show. Um, Both Crow Wing County drill teams placed first in their categories. That's amazing. Multiple individuals placed as well. Nine members showed at the state 4-H dog show. 34 members showed at the Northeast Livestock Show uh, held at the fairgrounds here in town. Six members participated in the state shooting sports and wildlife international in Alexandria. 
just encourage your listeners, if you've got kids out there that are interested in really some wholesome kinds of activities where they are going to learn things along the way, have great camaraderie with other kids, uh, I can't think of a better thing for kids to get involved in than 4-H. And we've said this before, but some people think that, oh, you have to be on the farm or work in agriculture to join 4-H, and that is not true. Not true. Uh, Think about the dog show that we're talking about here. Um, And so somebody could be uh, raising their pet, which Mm -hmm. could be a, you know, a certified breed kind of a thing that you would show at a dog show. Um, And so, no, you don't need to live out in the country. There are all sorts of different project stuff. So you're right. I think we think about 4-H and equate it to farm. Yeah. uh, And that, you know, that was your father's 4-H. But it is not today's for us. Right. In fact, now I think they have robotics and uh, all arts, sorts, and, all sorts um, of fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, a lot of STEM things that are yeah. all involved in 4-H. So, mm-hmm. yeah, get involved. Great program. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, uh, we're running out of time, but uh, I I want to thank you for being here today to uh, talk about these important issues here in the county, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next month. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tim. Our pleasure. Tim Houle is the Crowing County Administrator. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that Community Focus can be found anytime on our website at 1067wjjy.com. That's brought to you by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union.